Hey, onesies, Josh Williams here, and thanks for checking out the One Man Podcast. There's now over 200 episodes and dozens of bonus interviews, all of which are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google Podcasts, and many more. And you know what? If you don't have any of those apps, no big deal, because you can listen anytime at onemanpodcast.com. So be sure to subscribe, because it's always free, and there's a new episode out every Wednesday. And while you're at it, leave a review. It's a great way to help the podcast, and it doesn't cost you a thing. Follow One Man Podcast on all the major socials, and you'll get bonus content and pictures, fun stuff for yourself. And finally, if you have something that you want read on the show, send it to contact at onemanpodcast.com because if you send it, I'll read it on an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for listening and I hope you enjoy. What's up everybody? This is DJ Demers. I'm K. Trevor Wilson. Hey, it's Krista Allen. Hi, this is Rick Mercier. What's up guys? This is Paul Verzi and you are listening to the One Man Podcast. Yeah! My name is Josh Williams, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 338 for Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. How's it going, onesies? How are you guys doing? Having the best day, week, month, year, existence ever? Good. I hope you do. What is the One Man Podcast? If you're tuning in for the first time, it is me, comedian, brand ambassador, earthling, Josh Williams, telling you what's going on with me personally, professionally, and everything in between. And this week on the episode, I'm going to be telling you about, uh, I guess, some stuff that I watched Right, what a great way to start a podcast. Oh, you're going to talk about the stuff you watched? Okay, that doesn't seem very compelling. You know what? It's probably not going to be. <laughs> no, I didn't tell you, I watched, a, I watched a pretty popular movie in the comedy community. I, I worked a, an event. I worked an event. I had dinner with my buddies to celebrate the, both their 40ths. And you know what? I just worked on some uh, some kind of some video games. I might, I might have played some video games, as, as my friends call them. Some vidgies. So I'm going to get right into it. Let's just start off with talking about, you know what? I played a couple of video games. Why don't I just burn those out of the way real quick? I might actually like go through so much time that I end up burning through the other stuff later. Trying not to, uh, to go too long. I'm going to have a sip of my coffee here. Another staple of the one man podcast. I didn't even get a good slurp out of that guys, but you know, we were all just out here trying our best to do the things that we do and forgiving ourselves when we fall short of whatever targets or goals that we set for ourselves. <laughs> So I played a game. So I, uh, I will tell you guys, I'm sure like, I, you know what? I listen to other podcasts where someone will go on about sports or something and just know that most of, you know, not most, that's not fair to say that some or a large portion of the audience may not relate to it at all and may not give a shit. And that's totally fair. And you know what? That may be me when I talk about video games. So I try to give you a little bit into them to make it a little more compelling to listen to, but but you know, sometimes the game sucked. And so even for someone who's interested in it, you're like, oh, that was, that was, that was boring. We're going to, we're all going to fall asleep here. Hey, but I, I've played a series of games from Lego. All right. There's a, there's a, you know, a developer out there called Traveler's Tales, I believe. And they make the Lego games and the Lego games are, you know, if you're completely unfamiliar, they are not sitting around building Legos per se, but they get a lot of licensed products. So they'll do a lot of like Marvel, Batman, Warner Brothers stuff. So Harry Potter. They do, you know, Jurassic Park and Jurassic World and Star Wars and, and pretty much you name it, Indiana Jones. Like if it's a big thing, there's a good chance that Lego is going to come out and, and make one of the games for it. And so also Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. And the one that I played recently is The Hobbit. Now, the games when they first came out, I remember playing the first Lego game. I played like Lego Star Wars 2, I believe it was called. So I was like, oh, what was the first one? But Lego Star Wars 2. And it was, 
if I'm not mistaken, the entire original series. So it was like, you know, what, what, what the nerds would call four, five, and six. And the Lego games were cool because essentially you were playing as Lego characters, like the little Lego men that you would, you know, buy with your Legos. You're playing as those guys. So if anyone's ever seen the Lego movie, that basically, or the Lego Batman movie, like that, that look, that vibe, those type of characters running around doing their things. And you're playing as those guys. And what was really cool about the Lego games is you'd be playing through, you know, parts of the movie. The levels would be the scenes from the movie. And, you know, you might see, you know, trees and rocks and things like that around the environment. You break them, you know, and they turn into little Lego pips. And that's kind of like your currency that you're collecting or points or however you want to view it. Some things you break and they just fall into piles of Lego pieces. And you walk your character up and you press a button and he starts to take the pieces and he builds something that, you know, let's say you're, let's say you're playing as Luke Skywalker and you're on Tatooine, the desert planet. And there's a little chasm or whatever, a little, a little way you can't jump over. It's too far. You're going to, you know, you, every time you jump and you fall and you die. So you break the thing. These little Lego things start bouncing around, letting you know there's pieces. He starts building. Oh, look, he made himself a bridge to cross. It was, it was a cool concept. Super, super awesome when it came out. Like, right. There's been no, no game like it. So I was like, holy shit, this was, this was so much fun. A lot of great, you know, great, great play creativity. And what was really cool about the game is that every time it would do a little cut scene, right? Part of the story that you didn't have to play or just, you know, a, a one-off scene, they, they never had any dialogue. So they did all of these games in pantomime. So all the scenes were quite funny because they're essentially telling the story, but only with pantomime. So I'll give you a, a classic example. Spoiler is in in the Empire Strikes Back when Darth Vader, you know, that famous scene, no, I am your father. It, it, well, they don't talk in the Lego games. So instead of being, uh, you know, saying the classic line, like Luke's hanging on, he's got his little Lego hand missing from the sleeve. And Darth Vader, like, like whips out a, a picture from his cloak and he starts pointing at it and it shows like Darth Vader, Luke and his mom. And he's like, like, you know what I mean? Like it was just, it was uh, there was a charm to it. It actually took a, a certain level of creativity. Like, how are we going to pantomime this particular scene or, or moment where, you know, verbiage is so important. Oh, Hey, ding. Thanks computer. So they, they were, they had a lot of charm to them. They did the Indiana Jones games. They did the star Wars games. They've actually redone the star Wars games many times where they've done you know, the original sequel or series, sorry. And then they did the the prequels and then they did, you know, Hack of the Clones, whatever, which I never, or not Attack of the Clones. I apologize. That's one of the, the prequels, the the Clone Wars. And I'd never seen those movies, but they were cartoons or something like that. Anyways, they did those ones. Then they did like The Force Awakens and all of that one. Then they released one called The Skywalker Saga, which was all nine of those. Like, like they they really beat the Star Wars thing to, to death. But the thing was at some point in the, the right, like, and I played all of them. I played the Harry Potter ones. I played the Indiana Jones ones. I played the, the Jurassic world and geez, like there was so many, I played the, the Lego Lord of the Rings. I played a lot of these Lego games because they're just fun. They're, they're not super hard, but it was neat because, uh, you know, in, in these games, every different character has a different ability. You know what I mean? So for example, when you're playing the Lego star Wars one, sometimes you'll have a level where, you know, there's this glowing thing off in the corner. Right. And you're like, Oh, what, what's that? You know? And, and you can't do anything with it because you require a character who's a Jedi, right? It takes a Jedi to, to move those, those glowing things are things that can only be moved by a character who's a Jedi. So generally speaking, the way the games play is you play through the, the whole game once a story. And after you're done every level, you unlock, you know, other characters from that part of the movie, but then you can go back and play the levels again. And they have things in them that you can access now that you have a character. Cause when you go into free play, you can choose any character you want to play through the level. And now you can access the guys that can move things. Cause there's collectibles and stuff. 
it's honestly, it's just, it's a, it's wholesome, fun, good games. However, I, and I apologize that I'm going off on this a little bit, but just to give context. And if you're a parent, you're like, I want to find some games for my kids. And you're somehow not aware of the Lego games. Like, I don't, I don't know how that's possible, but essentially somewhere along the series, they've kept all the, the standard stuff. You know what I mean? Lego Batman. I can't even, I didn't mention that. Yeah. The Lego Batman ones are huge, but essentially at one point they stopped doing all of their storytelling with pantomime and they started adding in vocals and some of it, you know, if they did a movie one, they would just take audio clips from the movie and have the person say it and then act it out. But then there was, there was games where during the level there's, you know, you're, you're doing slightly different version of what happened in the movie. They, they just, they talk too much. They talk almost all the time. And then the, the little dumb jokes they do are like really bad dad jokes. So they're not even like, oh, that's cute, but like annoying. It's like, no, no, these are just like annoying all the time. So they stop being creative with pantomime because now they're just using audio from the movies to to play it. And, and they talk all the time. So they lost a lot of their charm because now they're, they're chatty and irritating. And, and I, and I apologize to any anime fans, but it's almost the way, like, I, I think I've heard that there's really great stories in anime. I just... The way they talk, the way they never shut up in anime. Oh my God, I will tell you this. I am the one who is going to beat you. You will not be defeat me. I'm the one to defeat. I'm like, just shut up, shut up. I, I, I would assume it's got something to do with the having to dub over the mouths in the move because everyone, I, I've probably said this before in the podcast, but everybody knows like the original, the old joke. If you're, you know, 40 or so or and above, you know, the old dubbing joke where it's like, oh my God, Godzilla is attacking and you see the mouths moving nowhere near, you know, the, the Japanese actor the English is infinitely shorter than maybe what they're saying or the sounds or whatever. So like they just, their mouths are moving and the, the words go not with it at all. So I think one of the things that they started to do with dubbing, right? You see a lot in squid game and stuff where now they try to speak as long as the actor is speaking. So they'll fill extra words and say extra things just so that when something's dubbed, it, it doesn't look as obvious to, to not be correct. You know what I mean? You don't see the person's mouth moving for five seconds after they've stopped speaking in English kind of thing. So but I, I find that the 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 dialogue in these games is now like, you know that. So anyways, I digress. It became very obvious that every time a new movie was coming out, uh, Lego would make a, a game for it, anything big. And so I started playing uh, Lego The Hobbit. I bought it a long, long time ago. I have a lot of games I haven't got to just because I, you know, I buy a bunch during a sale or something. And then it's just like, oh, I get busy with life and I don't play. That's, that's life. Responsibilities come first. And... I know that I was like, okay, you know, I've been waiting, I've been been meaning to finish this Lego, the Hobbit, whatever. So I didn't remember when it came out and you know, the, the, the Hobbit movies have long since been over. I remember, I remember watching the Lego movie or sorry, not the Lego, the, the Hobbit movie, the first one, when I was living with Jason in 2013. And I remember I got to the end of the movie and they're like looking at the mountain. It's like, they just show the dragon's eye open up at the end of the first one. And then I was like, and then it was like, you know, over, I was like, the fuck and then i googled it it was like they're gonna make three of these fucking things like essentially like peter jackson stanley kubrick the hobbit like it's not J.R.R. tolkien's anymore it's like the first movie was his and then jay what's his face there the fucking fat george armor the, the 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 other fat fuck who's not the the game of thrones these dragon fat fucks with beards are too much peter jackson too many fat fucks talking about dragons so I guess he wrote two more movies really to stretch out the fucking money making and, and, and everything like that. So that was kind of a bitch move considering the fact that every one of the Lord of the Rings books are like, I, I read the Hobbit when I was little, it wasn't a very long book. I never read any of the Lord of the Rings books, but 
it <laughs> the hobbit's the smallest one and that one book gets fucking a nine hour treatment in movies with a bunch of shit that never happened in them just to, to pad the runtime so i couldn't remember when like that lego hobbit game came out all i knew is that i just bought it a long time ago not not when it first came out all that is to say is that I finally like was like, you know, in the last little while I'm like poking around. I'm like, oh, I'm going to play it and get it on my list. So I played the game and, and it was like, I think it was the first two movies. So I played for a while, got through the thing. And then as soon as I got to the smog part, we're having our encounter with smog or whatever. And he fucks off and flies away to a, to a town or something. And the game was over. Like the story was over. I was like, huh? So I'm like, okay. So they put the game out. And they did this with Star Wars. They put the game out, I guess, after the second movie. So the game is movie one and two. That's the story of the game. And they were like, and we're going to release a, a thing for number three, which again, after finishing the game, just like I did with the movie, I was like, is there more to this? And and they're like, no, they just, they just ended it there. They never finished the story for Lego, the Hobbit. And now they, and they've officially said since like, ah, we're just not going to get to this. So <laughs> funny enough. Like they did that with the Star Wars of Force Awakens, right? Like it came out and they just like, here's the, here's the Force Awakens. Like we're not even done the other two movies yet, but like, here, we're going to make the Lego game for it. And then I believe they finished it with, with the other two in, in one piece. Anyways, the whole point was, it was just funny to have the exact same experience. Cause I've never seen another series that they started and they haven't finished. And this one was just like, yeah, you get the first two movies in a game, go fuck yourself. And I was like, all right, I, I think it will. So can't say that the game was really fun. Like, again, they're starting to really kind of all just be the same and, and they're not doing anything creative. In fact, like I said, now you can, now you can buy one and play it. It turns out they didn't even finish the fucking, the story or whatever. So how about that? I did a good fucking 13 minutes on just the Lego games. So I finished that. I also bought, I bought the new Spider-Man game, Spider-Man two for Sony PlayStation. I, I bought Spider-Man two, my buddy, Chad, was very, very excited for it. He's a big Spider-Man fan. And so he was super hyped. And I'm like, you know what? I enjoyed the last one. I enjoyed the Miles Morales game. So I'm going to, I'm going to play the new Spider-Man game. And with all the promo and stuff, I'm like, oh, Venom's going to be in it. We're going to be Miles and Peter in this one. What could go wrong, right? How could this not be a great game? Well, let me tell you this. So without going too long, I, won't, I, I, I hope to not spend as long on this one. It's brand new, brand new, pre-ordered it. Download it onto my console days before its release, just so that you could click on it and play it the second uh, the, the release happened. So the first Spider-Man game was great. I'm going to, I know that at some point Chad will listen to this and, and, and he may agree. He may disagree. Chad and I get into a lot of video game arguments. Love the guy. He's my buddy. And I honestly enjoy our, our discussions. I think I drive him a little bit crazy with them. Not that, not that I'm arguing too long or, or loud or anything like that. It just... It's just different. I, I've told Chad, he's a very, very positive, optimistic, like, hey, everything's great guy, which is great. It's a great quality to have. I'm an angry cocksucker sometimes. And just, you know, what someone might say is, you know, overcritical or over cynical. I'm not. I just, I like to evaluate things. If you ask me what I think of something, I will tell you the pros and the cons. So Spider-Man 2 came out. I played, I, I played it. The very first scene of it is tons of action gets you right into the the thrill of the game you can see that it's you know it's a ps5 exclusive so it's it's really graphically it's very very beautiful a lot of fun the spider-man games if you haven't played them you know are open world you're playing like you're in new york city but they had the the very first spider-man came in, game came out in 2018 you know in this insomniac series that's the developer and it had a lot of elements of the batman arkham series 
in the sense that, again, if you're a video gamer, you know what I'm talking about. If not, God, like over, over 10 years ago, um, in fact, let me get you the actual uh, date. Bear with me one sec. I'll pause so you don't have to listen to me searching. Yeah, take that, Insomniac. August 25th, 2009. That's how long ago. This game is like 14 years old. So Arkham Asylum came out and it was a Batman game. Joker, you know, Batman is delivering the Joker to the Arkham Asylum where all the bad guys go. And and some big, you know, the power outage or something like that. And Joker and all the criminals get loose. Slurptacular. And I've played a lot of Batman games as a kid. Played Lego Batman games, things like that. And when you're playing Batman, you know, the old side scrollers, you'd, you know, jump on platforms, punch, 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 you know, move to the next one. Sometimes you could press a button and glide a little bit from one platform to the other. But it's basic double dragon beat em up. And a lot of games have come since and done other little things and, and whatnot, but just nothing really captured the essence of, of a superhero game. Pretty much. There was a couple cool Spider-Man games that came out that, that gave you the ability to swing around, but they weren't anything like mega groundbreaking, but they were fun. They were fun. You're like, oh my God, it's the first time I get to swing around as Spider-Man. But that's it. Like you're swinging around. There wasn't really much to combat or anything like that. And then Arkham Asylum came out and that game was so good. So good. They made it so that you could be, you know, you have five or six guys trying to fight Batman at a time, just like you would see in the movies. And they had little prompts that would allow you to block a hit right before it landed. Right. So some guy could throw a swing at you, but if you didn't hit the button to block it, it would land the punch, but you could chain your hits together. So, you know, punch, punch one guy, then swing back and punch, punch another guy and then swing over to the other side, punch, punch another guy. Like literally like you would see in a fight scene, in a movie, just like, like you would see in the transporter or, or John wick or something where you're literally punch punch on one guy, turn around and whack another guy, block a hit coming in from the other guy and then kick the guy in front of you, like literally like action movie stuff. And it was, it was, I don't know the programming that's involved with that, but it felt very real. It felt like you were in that fight. So it felt like as long as you were watching what was going on around you, right? They had little prompt over Batman's head. So you'd see like a little white kind of haze over his head when a, when a hit was coming in and then red when, you know, it's like last second to, to, to hit the block button or it was going to land on you. But Batman also had, you know, his grappling hook. So you could use that to like hit a guy far away. Cause other guys, you know, there'd be guys close to you, but then other inmates would be grabbing shit off walls, like fire extinguishers and stuff, trying to throw them at you. As the game progressed, the enemies got stronger. Some of them would have stolen riot shields and now the hits from the front don't work. So you got to jump over the guy and hit him from behind. And just, it was really cool combat mechanic. I would imagine anyone, anyone who plays video games has probably played one of the Batman games at some point, but this game developed by Rocksteady changed combat in games so many games since then have have used this kind of way of having fighting instead of just having a bunch of guys around you and you're swinging you're attacking them they it's it's it feels very very similar like changed changed video game fighting style but also in this game not only could you you know fight bad guys you throw bat you know the little bat fleeing stars and things like that at them like it made the combat fun and you actually used the batman gadgets not just punching and kicking you know what i mean like it was you felt like you were batman and another thing that they did was though, they gave you the full experience of being Batman. So for example, when you'd get into a new room and a bunch of guys broke out, instead of just showing up in the room and then running around punching them, they would have like, you know, gargoyles and lights and things like that at the top of the room where you could as Batman, like grapple and swing from one to the other. You know what I mean? And so that whole, you know, stuff you would see in Christopher Nolan's Batman movies where, you know, all these guys are like, where is he? Where is he? You know, and Batman kind of just eliminates them in the shadows one by one. Well, they, they had this stealth aspect where you could go in and just start fighting everybody, but 
you could also move around above where they can't see and hide in shadows and hide in grates and things like that and take them out one by one quietly, right? Without rousing suspicion, which was a, a big part of Batman. Batman was all about stealth and the fear of like, oh my God, he's picking us off. Da, 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 da. Like that was, that was a Batman thing. Also, he had gadgets where, you know, he'd spray a little foam and the foam was like a, like an explosive charge, right? Like a plastic explosives or whatever. And, you know, blow that up, you know, next to a guy who's walking by a wall and you can detonate that. So he had like all his little Batman gadgets. It was an awesome game where you could pick how you wanted to play. You got to fight as Batman. You got to do Batman stuff. But then they also had like detective stuff. Because again, if you're a fan of Batman from the comics and stuff, Batman is supposed to be the world's greatest detective. One of the reasons people like the new, what do you call it? Twilight Batman movies is that in that one, he's doing a lot more detective work, right? So Batman's not just a punchy, punchy, kicky, kicky. He's supposed to be a very good detective and crime solver. So in the game, you're also able to see you know a scene and you know you put little bat bat fucking vision on or whatever and you're you're analyzing you know sense and things like that to try to find where something went and then it'll you know once he's analyzed it it'll show a little trail sometimes a fight or something will happen you're like oh what happened here and like based on this that and whatever you know his his ai can digitally recreate what happened it's all very cool very batmany stuff they absolutely fucking nailed Batman. They nailed Batman and they nailed a great game that was fun to play and they've got all the villains in it. You got freaking Joker and and you know what's his face there? Poison Ivy. No. <laughs> well, Poison Ivy, Killer Croc, Riddler. Like they they've got a lot of the stuff. They continued on. They made three other games, which uh, the second one, Batman Arkham City, was now you had a giant cityscape to move around in. They did Arkham Origins, which was like meh, and then they did Arkham Knight where they finally introduced the Batmobile. It was just like, ugh. it was like, it's one of those ones where it was like, it was more of the same, but the Batmobile really took away from, from the game because they, they made you use it. And the way they made you use it was like, it turns into a tank and it slides side to side. So you're like, now I'm just in a, like a, a tank shooting, like automated robot cars. Like it was just, it was like make work. It was like, Hey, we put the Batmobile in the game and rather than just driving around in it, we want you to, to use it for other things. And the thing was, honestly, they had made, moving around the city as Batman way more fun and entertaining than driving the car. So quick explanation on that is just the way they had it was that in Arkham city, Batman had his grappling hook. So he would grapple to the top of a building. It would pull him up, but it would yank so fast that when he hits, when he gets to the roof, it just kind of launches him into the air. And then you have, you know, Batman's wings would come out and you would glide to the next point that you could grapple to. And again, zip yourself up against, so you're basically just keeping yourself up in the air, grappling and then gliding, grappling and then gliding. That's just how it was. And Arkham city must've been like 2011, 2012 at the latest. So still more than 10 years old. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is that when the Spider-Man game came out, it was very fun to play. You're Spider-Man, you're swinging around the city. This is great, right? And then when you do the combat, it was almost identical to Batman where the guys are surrounding you. Some of them have shields. Some of them are picking stuff up in the environment, throwing it at you or shooting at you. The same like the same thing, Batman, obviously, or, or sorry, the same thing in Batman, but Spider-Man obviously has a spider sense. So you would see like white lines over his head and then red lines right before something's going to hit or last minute. So it was very, it was, it was pretty much the system from Batman lifted and put on a, a Spider-Man game. So it's the best Spider-Man game you could possibly play. It's, it's got everything that you would want in terms of, you know, fighting and swinging and it's that the villains and the quick time events and all that stuff. 
But they also added in the element where Spider-Man would show up to a place and he could quietly take people down. Again, literally swinging from like, you know, gargoyle to gargoyle or lamp post to lamp post and, and quite literally like swinging down, grabbing the guys, webbing them up. Like, again, that's what Spider-Man, in terms of what Spider-Man's skills are and stuff he would do, but it's not like his character. And even Chad has said that like Spider-Man's not a stealth guy. He's never tried to like, oh, let me get in and web these guys. But it was a super fun element to the Batman games. And so they've got the same thing in this one, the, the, you know, spider, the Spider-Man from 2018, the first one they did. And you can't fault them. It's something that works, but it's not impressive to me in the sense that you're not creating anything new, like, like rocks that he made this from the Batman game. And it's just, if it was the same company, it'd be like, no problem. They take what they've already got. They put a Spider-Man, you know, it's almost like the old uh, lunchboxes, right? You see a peel off one sticker. And it's not a Batman lunchbox anymore. Slap a Spider-Man one. Hey, it's like at the end of the day, it's the same thing. It just has a Spider-Man sticker on it instead of a Batman one. It's, but it's the, it's the same thing. Which is not a bad thing. It's it's not it's not unfun to play that, but it's just nothing super innovative or whatever. But everybody was kissing Spider Man's ass like it was the greatest thing. But the the issue was is that in in Batman, what was really cool is that they would have all these little mini puzzles. You know, you'd get somewhere and you're trying to find these Riddler trophies, right? The Riddler has left all these little puzzles for you, which is brilliant because it's the fucking Riddler. Of course, the puzzles and the little brain tricks or whatever are going to be Riddler. It makes sense. So you'd have things just where like you'd have like three switches and you had to hit them all within, you know, one or two seconds of each other. So, you know, you'd you'd line up your three batarangs and then hit them all. Boom. And then it would unlock a little cage and there's a trophy, you pick it up, you're good. And then the next one would be, you know, you'd need to use these remote controlled batarangs that would be able to change direction because you can't throw one straight. You know, there's a a fence blocking it. So you have to throw it past the fence and then have it come back and then hit it on the other side to release it. Just, but other things too, like, like just a bunch of puzzles, stuff like that. But it was like, you're using Batman gadgets you're using batman's skills to solve it well in the spider-man game they made a bunch of make work stuff too little side things you could do except they had spider bots so spider-man would have like a little remote control spot so now you're not spider-man you're walking around on the street as a little spider bot following like like a, a radar a homing beacon to find like a bomb you know, under a truck, a car, and then you just, you know, go underneath and, and zap it. Like you're really doing nothing, but you're just, you're just walking around as a robot. It's nothing fancy. It's not something really Spider-Man ever used in the comics. You might have a, a diehard fan be like, oh no, there's a comic where he, I'm like, listen, nobody knows about that. And to have it happen 19 times in a game is, is pretty fucking boring. There was a few things in the game that would allow you to like chase pigeons down because a, ch- a pigeon stole a USB key or something like oh i gotta find that pigeon so now it gives you an excuse to swing around and try to catch something that's in the air but then four other times in the stupid game you have to do like pigeon shit i'm like really like it just seemed incredibly unoriginal and there was even parts of the game where you're walking around as peter parker you're just walking around in a in a you know what is like a homeless shelter whatever and you're just walking around and it's like oh stop it look at this oh oh isn't that nice yeah a lot of hungry people here like it was just there was a bunch of times where like, I'm playing a Spider-Man game. I want to be Spider-Man. I don't want to just be like walking around as Peter Parker. Show Peter Parker in a cutscene. I don't give a shit, but I'm not walking around. It really slowed down the game. Like it would make it so that every time you got to that point, you're like, fuck this part, of, you know, like I have to just do nothing. They got you playing as Mary Jane where you're walking around and looking at things inside of a building. Like just, you know, it's, it's part of the story, but it's not anything engaging at all. And so in the Miles Morales game, you... You know, the, 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 the follow up one they did, so now instead of Peter Parker, Spider Man, it's Miles Morales, Spider Man. You're, you're doing, you know, you're playing the game, it's a fun story, but you're doing a whole lot less of this walking around and just being nobody. So 
all of this again, I was like, I hope it's not as long. It's probably twice as long. The Spider-Man thing, I was hoping with Spider-Man 2, they were going to get rid of the really long, boring walk around talky talky parts. Right. Cause I'm like, that's something they didn't like. And I was hoping that the little side missions that they gave you would be less boring and, and, you know, just, just having nothing to do with Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Like they've got him. I was, I was wrong. The short version is I was wrong. They actually took the things I didn't like about the first game and they really, really like leaned into them. So now you're spending even more time walking around as Peter, even more time walking around as Miles, even more time walking around as Mary Jane. The side missions and things you do are not Spider-Man type things. Like they, like you can make an argument that's like, oh, it's science and he's a scientist. It's like you, you're, you're swinging around and you land on a, a rooftop to, to play with this computer. And now you're playing a little mini game where you got to like pop bubbles to make a molecule match. So it's like, it's like a, a puzzle game that you would play on your phone where you're like, this isn't Spider-Man. This isn't graphically. This is literally like taking what looks like a little DNA strand and just like, oh, that's a red dot. Pop that, get that out of there. Pop that one, pop that one. You're like, why, why am I doing this? You know, like, and then you have it happen over and over and over again because they're like, oh, these are one of the side missions and it's filler to make the game longer, but you can play through the story of Spider-Man two in like eight, nine hours. It's like, it's really not long at all. And there's parts where it really drags. So I said like of, of that, let's just say of that eight, nine hours playing straight, like three of them. You're walking around as Peter, walking around as, as Miles, walking around as MJ. You know what I mean? Like you're really not being Spider-Man. The story itself started off with some legs. So I don't want to spoil anything. It's not like there's much, there really isn't much of a story, but Venom is not Eddie Brock. That's pretty clear in the the trailers and stuff too. Venom is not Eddie Brock, the classic character played Venom. He is not Flash Thompson, who is, I believe, currently Venom in the in the Marvel comics. It's a different character. And he has the suit twice in the game. And the first time he has it, he's just his regular size. And it's and it too just looks like a black Spider-Man suit until Peter gets it. Again, this is all in the trailer. This is not a spoiler. And then when this person gets the suit back. Now, all of a sudden, he's three times his size. He's big, thick Venom. No explanation for why he's three times larger now than he was before. But it just, it was, it was dumb. Like, we all know Venom is this big hulking thing. Now, in the comic books, the, the suit just went around Peter Parker, and Peter Parker's small. So it was a black suit on Peter Parker. Eddie Brock was a gigantic, workout, muscle-bound dude. He was bigger than... Peter Parker. So when the symbiote was on him, he was, it was bigger because he was bigger. One person had theorized because Craven, the hunter is in the trailers. One person had theorized that Craven would get the suit at one point. And I was like, oh, well that that makes sense because Craven is much larger than Peter Parker. Anyways, it's not Craven. Sorry. Apparently that's all common knowledge that Craven's not, not the, the venom. So I don't know guys, I'm not trying to long discussion. I'm not trying to be super boring about, about comic book characters and stuff like that. I like Spider-Man when I was a little kid, Spider-Man was my favorite. It's fun to see him in the movies and stuff like that. And this game, the gameplay when you're swinging around is, is fine. It's fun. There's nothing wrong with it. The side stuff, right? So outside of the story, pretty boring and monotonous. They did not improve on their previous stuff. They, they just slapped, copied and pasted it. And then, you know, just sort of but like, here you go, more of the same. And again, if it was great, if it was more of the same and you love it, then you're going to love it. But you're not doing Spider-Man stuff. Like, again, like if you're like this, this, this game has generally speaking, lifted the Batman model and slapped it on Spider-Man and then 
didn't improve on it. In fact, they kind of took a step backwards on it. Whereas, like I said, when you're doing little side stuff as Batman, you're using Batman's tools and it's, it's the side stuff is fun and everyone's different. Whereas the Spider-Man stuff, like you're doing the exact same type of activity and almost identically every time, you know, you're matching little, little plates together to see if they match mathematically and stuff. Like it's just, it's just, like I said, it's little mini games you could play on your phone. I'm like, why am I paying $90, you know, for this next gen PS five thing. Right. And then someone would say, Oh, well, it's the story. Like the story is where they put, and it's very obvious that the story and the cutscenes and all that stuff is where they put all their time and money and effort, but the story's dumb. And I'm, I'm not going to spoil it for you. I found it to be really stupid. I didn't give a shit. I found myself at the end, almost like wanting to skip the cinematics because like nothing made sense. These were not the characters that I, I was used to. I didn't find the story very compelling. In fact, it didn't really make any sense. They kind of changed what Venom is into this really kind of dumb thing. I just didn't enjoy it. So, and, and I actually noticed that in this game, they added a particular type of, of like a zip line. So new, a new web thing where he shoots a web and now it, 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 it you know, suspends across from one side of the room to the other. So he can walk across the web around the room and then zip guys up from there. It's exactly what they did in Batman. They added, you know, he shoot a, he'd shoot a grapple into the wall and then he'd walk across it and pull guys up, you know, where there was no area to pull them up before that's more than 10 years old in the Batman game. And then they even had a scene where he, you know, is looking at a crime and going, Oh, what, you know, looking at different things and going, okay. I I think he even used the exact same verbiage. He's like, okay, I think I got an idea of what happened here, you know, or I think I can, I think I can piece together what happened here is what he said. And I think that that's almost exactly what they said in in one of the Arkham games. So, and then it shows like a, a holographic, you know, version of the crime scene, even like the same, like kind of pale blue, like it was, I, I remember rolling my eyes out loud and going, Jesus Christ, like, cause you guys steal more from the Batman game. Now I say, this is where Chad's probably going to argue with me at some point and be like, what the fuck, man? Like, but it's just like, when you're playing it, you're just going like thing after thing after thing. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just like, everyone's praising this game. Like, it's so great. I'm like, it's just doing what other people have done. Not like a year or two before. This is like fucking other people were doing it two consoles ago on an Xbox 360. You know, were the graphics as clean and crisp? No, but it was still very playable to today's standards. Still very, very, very enjoyable. I just, if you're somebody who's like, Hey, I haven't bought Spider-Man yet, but I can't wait. You can, you can wait. You'll be done the story, you know, in a day or two, depending on how much time you spend playing a game. Story's not very compelling. It starts off like you're like, Oh man, this is gonna be good. And it just doesn't go anywhere. Even the motivations of all the villains and everything, it's the same, like everyone has the same thing and it's the same thing from the villains in the first one. Like, it's just not original. I, 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 it's not the shit on it. It looks beautiful and it's fun to play at times, but to pay $90 for a story that's over almost, almost right away as soon as you get started and then side stuff that would pad the runtime of playing the game. And it's all shit. That's not fun to do. It's a big, it's a big thumbs down for me. Took five years to just, to really not do much ding. I don't know who's trying to get a hold of me, but Oh, Hey, it's Richard, Richard, who I'm going to go have a uh, breakfast with on Monday. So a little shout out to my buddy, Rich. All right. No more video game stuff, but all I know is that I spent a reasonable part of my week outside of working, playing some games. And I guess I was, you know, what, what, what did I spend here? Almost 40 minutes bitching about video games, man, I am getting fat, huh? But like I said, if you do play that Spider-Man game, the opening scene is awesome tons of action everything very visual and then 
there's maybe one or two of those. But the thing is, at the very beginning, you don't know how stupid the story is. By the time you get to the other shit, that's that's you know crazy action and really visual and stuff. Again, I was almost completely completely taken out of it. Like didn't give a shit. I wasn't invested. Ton of stuff didn't make sense to me. And you know, like I said, the story had these long drawn out parts where I'm just walking around. There were some good, but just, it just, it, it was like a give and take, man. It's like being a, a dog and your owner beats you one second and then pets you the next and then beats you guys. You're just like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like you. You know, I'll, I'll take the niceness when I can get it. And I know you're about to slap me in the face again in a sec. And that's kind of, kind of how it felt. Is this super fan nerdy? Might sound like that if you're not a gamer or, or whatnot. Could could I see it that way? I could see it that way. I could see that. But really, it's just, you know, again, when you're forking out a ton of cash to to have an experience. Like, I've played a lot of games as of late where, you know, they cost the same amount. And, and it's going to take you like a month of grinding to get through everything and to do all the stuff that you want to do. And, it's, and that makes your money go further. But something that I finished in like two days and, you know, wasn't like in love with the process, you know. Anyways, so that's just to say, that's my, my nerdy review of the new Spider-Man game. A lot of commercials, a lot of stuff going on everywhere. So if you're like, oh, geez, that looks good. I, I can tell you the first one was better. And, and, and anything that you may not have liked in the first, just know that they doubled down on that in the second one. Booyah. Okay. Shut up about stuff, Josh. Okay. You, you guys are the boss. So why don't I tell you? I'm going to, I'm going to pass on, on the movie. I'll tell you guys about that at the end before we get to you know, the shout outs and what's going on and blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I did a show, I did an event for founders original, great cocktails guys out of Toronto. If you're in anywhere in Canada, you can definitely pick up the founders originals cans. I cannot recommend the tequila Paloma enough. They're all good, but the tequila Paloma is amazing, amazing, amazing. So I did another event for them. At the Ottawa Women's Show. Hey, who better to have uh, at the Women's Show than uh, yours truly? I mean, who knows broads better than me, right? <laughs> I I had a great, I loaded it on Friday, picked up all the assets, met with Les, great dude. Picked up all the stuff. I loaded in on Friday, said what's up to some of the other you know people that I, I always see and, and whatnot. Big shout out to Matt and Randy at Vodkow. Great fucking dudes. But we, uh, so it was a Saturday and Sunday gig. And then I, and I saw my colleagues, Amanda and Grenier and who else? Oh, and I saw Lydia. Big shout out to Lydia. Lydia, my sweet Lids from, from Ottawa. She's been in Toronto for years, big in fashion. I miss Lids. And uh, she came over and said, what's up? Which was great. It was great to see her. But yeah, anyway, so I loaded in, loaded in Friday and that was, that was fun. It was nice to, to, it's a big event center at the EY center here in Ottawa, big, big convention, lots of stuff, lots and lots of stuff. And I'm gonna do some shout outs and some of the things that I saw, but the, the event went fine. The event went fine. It was, it was busy Saturday. So I'm always trying to, you know, give out samples and get people to try stuff. We had one of the events that was there was like a lottery, like from the, the OLG, which is like essentially a, like Ontario's gaming commission, whatever. They're the ones that do the scratchers and all that stuff. Well, they had a booth there. And it was like a big spin the wheel, come up, spin the wheel. And you win a little prize that you can, you win a scratch ticket and see if you, you know, you can win some money or something. That lineup came right down through my aisle. Like there's a big drinking area that's licensed. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a big area there that's licensed. And, and, and what happened though, is like, it's kind of like a, it's like a giant square with like, you know, carpeted, you know, every, all the, the drink vendors are around the outside of the square. But this lottery line, there was only myself and another vendor side by side in one particular area. And this lottery line came right down the aisle where we were and blocked us off. So the whole area was more like a giant U shape because now 
our section was blocked off with this giant line. So if you were standing in the big drink area, you can't see that there's two other booths there because there's a giant lineup of hundred year old women lining up for their free scratcher tickets because now I'm going to hit the big thing. All my whole life's been garbage up until this point. I got, I remember getting, you know, beat by my father and then I had to go live on a farm where they locked me upside down in the fucking pig shed. But all that, you know, I finally ran away and where I bought a chihuahua or not a chihuahua, shih tzu. That's the annoying ones. I bought, I bought a shih tzu and I, and I worked at the fucking bingo hall. I don't know. I don't know. That's me. I'm being a bit of an asshole, but I just fucking, you, you know, you're, you're almost like you didn't win. You didn't, you didn't win. And if you hedged your entire bets on winning the lottery one fucking day, you know, you should have invested in yourself and not the scratches is the point that I'm making. Anyways, they blocked me, made me, made me terrible. You sound like you're in a mood, Joshua. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I, I didn't know that I was, but it turns out I might be. <laughs> but anyways, that, that made Saturday very quiet. And, and then I had my friend Stefan on Sunday and, and it was like the most quiet day I've ever seen at an event. All the other vendors are like, what the fuck is going on? Nothing's happening. But Steph was there. So I was able to kind of go around and see what other, you know, events were happening, whether booths, what other vendors, what other exhibitors, and just say what's up and meet some people. Met some on Saturday too, but it was cool to, to be able to see all the things going on. So I want to give a big shout out to my pals at Vodkow. They are a great vodka, vodka company, but they make these vodka creams, man. And they do, they do like, like, it's almost like, you know, like your, your Bailey's like a cream liqueur. Right. But then they do like, like stand, like they, so they have a clear vodka they sell. Then they have like a, just a regular vodka cream. Then they have a maple cream, chocolate cream, coffee cream around the holidays. I gotta, I gotta figure out. I don't know if I got one already. I might've. I have to go check my fridge. They make like seasonal flavored ones, which are incredible. I remember during the summer or at least the spring, they had like a key lime one, which was delicious. Crystal loved it. We got a bottle of that. Then they did a, like a mango something one. Never got to try that, but just, just out now. And I, and I got one and I picked one up at the women's show. They did an eggnog one last year, which was delicious, Put a little, little bit of the eggnog one and, and some coffee, you know, oh, delicious. And yeah, it was, uh, it was super good. So they just did a lot, a London fog. They just released London fog and I got a bottle of that and it's absolutely delicious. So huge shout out, big shout out to Matt and Randy at Vodkow. Couldn't tell you that they're the owners or anything like that. Just they're the ones that I see at all these events. So it was great seeing them. They hooked me up with some, with a bottle of the London fog. Love those motherfuckers. Also got to see my pal Steph at the Dunrobin distilleries, Dunrobin. They make good stuff. I'm not going to disparage them because there's nothing wrong with anything they do. It's all delicious stuff. However, I can't differentiate it between anything else. So I love the people. They make a good product. They do like a, I think they did like, I can't remember, I think like a pickle vodka or something like that. that you're supposed to use in like Caesars or whatever. Their stuff's fine. They do, they do whiskeys, they do spirits, they do a gin. They do one of those gins where it's like purple and you put shit in it, it turns pink or whatever the hell it is. So their stuff is good. Like this, it's fine. It's just, I couldn't tell you like their whiskey versus another one. That's the thing. There's, like, there's so many different whiskeys, so many different mixed drinks. They, they also like founders, excuse me. So founders for the longest time when I was doing it, they had four flavors. They had a vodka mule, a gin bramble. What was it? Uh, bourbon sour. And of course the tequila Paloma. So it was like four flavors, right? In cans. And, uh, and Dunrobin does four different flavors in cans. I can't tell you what, I can't tell you because I don't remember. They do like a Ryan ginger. They do like a grapefruit gin or something like that. Then there's like a lime something or other. And they're all just like, they just taste like your average mixed drinks, nothing to shit on Dunrobin distilleries, truthfully, but it's just, it's not something that if you poured it in a glass, I'd be able to be like, I know that that's from these guys, or whatever. It's like, it tastes like a lot of the other pre-mixed drinks. So they're fine. 
they're just not very unique or original. However, just like our tequila Paloma is head and shoulders, the most popular one, Dunrobin Distilleries does a black tea raspberry. Uh, sorry, I think it's raspberry black tea, whatever. Either way, it's it's black tea and raspberry in a in a you know vodka. And holy shit, it's delicious. It tastes like a raspberry iced tea. That's all it tastes like, raspberry iced tea that gets you drunk. And it's delicious. It's I I literally buy them every time I see them. So love, 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 love the raspberry black tea from Dunrobin Distilleries. I don't know if they're in the LCBO yet. I don't believe they are. So if you guys see them at an event, fucking take that opportunity to try these. Or if you happen to be near me sometime and you haven't tried one, I'll, I'll get one in your hands so that you can enjoy. But they're absolutely delicious. So big shout outs to, to, to Dunrobin Distilleries. And of course, my pal Steph, who's usually the one running it. I haven't seen Dunrobin at a few events where she's not there, but she's super cool. Big, big, big shout outs to my new friend, Andrew, Andy, I'm not using your last name only because I don't have permission. Not that, not that you have said I haven't. I just don't generally do that without, but Andy from Dan Durand, he's my, he's the other, uh, the other who bastard that was blocked by this giant fucking bingo scratch ticket lineup of fucks. <laughs> and, and he was repping, he was doing Tia Maria, which I have heard of, and I'm sure I'd tried it before, but it's a, it's a coffee liqueur. And, and he was also doing, get this, Disarono cream. So Disarono, for anyone knows, it is a, it is a, an amaretto liqueur, right? Or an amaretto, I guess that's just what you call it is amaretto is a, is an almond liqueur, which has a kind of a distinct taste. Now, amaretto, if you're a normal person, you don't just sit and sip on a Disarono. The odd person might, and that's exactly what they are, an odd person, but, but it's more of like one of the parts of other cocktails. So it's in there, but it's mixed with other things. It's, it would be like having a vermouth, right? You're not going to sit and just drink a glass of vermouth or, or blue curacao or curacao or however the fuck you're supposed to say that, right? It's a mix that goes into something else. You don't drink it on your own. So Di Serrano cream, however, now it works on its own. You could pour that over ice. So I had tried it there over ice. Andrew was kind enough to let me try that stuff, but he was doing, I didn't even realize the first day he was doing like, like, like mixes. So he was actually adding the Tia Maria with lemonade and that was making a delicious love. I was like, this is fucking incredible. I definitely need to do this at home. And the, the Disarono cream, he was adding that with cold brew coffee, which again, out of the fucking park. Like, again, I know that these are not, I could drink either one of these on their own. No question. But the, the mix that he was doing them with was like, this is easy. That's the best part, right? Rum and Coke. Why? Cause it's easy. Vodka orange. Cause it's easy. And I'm telling you, Di Serrano and some cold brew fucking Tia Maria and some lemonade. Bang, bang, bang. Drink it all day. Super delicious. So thanks Drew for letting me try those. Super, super grateful for that. And, and we're going to chat. Andrew's actually we were chatting about maybe sitting down and doing a podcast at some point, right? So he was, you know, we're going to look at the portfolio of, of the different stuff that they have and maybe sit down and sip on some and shoot the shit about, about their portfolio stuff. They got a big acquisition that I'm a huge fan of that. I don't know if I can talk about it or not, but I'm, and so I'm not going to, but they, uh, they just took over a portfolio from a different company that, that I used to rep for. And I'm super jazzed that, that they have it because it's got some of my faves and I'm very, very eager hoping that this may lead to me being able to get my hands on them a little bit easier, but 
super, 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 super jazzed and would love to do that podcast. I met another gentleman, super nice guy from Ben, from well, from Ben's BS, which stands for barbecue sauce. Hey, hey. And then I met Ben, the owner. Great dude. So I gave him a few cans of, a few cans of, of founders and I got, he was kind enough. He brought me like a four pack of his barbecue sauces. So he got me like, See here, I'm going to try to remember. I know that there's like a whiskey, whiskey bacon one. There's like a honey hot. I know there was like a chipotle maple, I believe. And then he had like a dill pickle barbecue sauce, which I thought was fucking great. So that's the only one I've tried so far is the barbecue. So I actually had from an event I did back a while ago, I had a little bag of like round potatoes. So I just, I boiled those up through the, the Ben's barbecue dill pickle on it. It was delicious. They're, they're like thick, hearty sauces. They're not like that deep brown. Like they, they're, you know, light red. Kind of like, it was delicious. It was delicious. Fuck it. I don't need to describe it at length. It was delicious. I'm very, very happy with it. So big shout out Ben. This from his place is called Ben's BS guys, which I thought was a funny name. And definitely I'll let you guys know as I try more of them, just, just what I thought, but, but I'm, I'm jassing them. I, I love doing these events because you make friends, you, people trade stuff. You get to try new things. Absolutely incredible. Super, super happy. I got a few more people. I'm going to get some shout outs to guys, but it was a good, it was a good, hey, a good time. What else we got here? We got, oh man, I got some funny stories. Okay. Well, this one's going to be just a little nice one. The ladies who were sharing a booth next to me. So I was like, I was alcohol and they were doing like some, some eye art. So they, their story, I met Karen and her sister from eye catching. That's the name of their business. Eye catching. And uh, they were telling me how they went to Mexico and they saw someone was doing art with like people's, I guess, irises, the, the colored part. I think that's the iris. It's not retina. I know it's not retina. And it's not pupil. Yeah, it's the fucking iris. So they, they they take the art like of someone's eye, right? The eye, the 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 look of their iris, and then blow it up, and they would add like little. They would add different types of, I guess, effects to it. But they're they're very 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 pretty, very very nice to look at. Their their website, if you want to check it out, is eye catching, e y e of course, eyecatching dot art. But you can see what it looks like for yourself. But they're sweet ladies, absolutely sweet ladies. Love talking to them. Shout out to Karen and her sister at Eye Catching. I'm sorry, I don't know her sister's name. I was never, uh, I, I never introduced myself, nor did. Well, I think I did, but I don't think I got the names back. People don't like me. <laughs> but I also met Jeff and Debbie at the Heritage Bee Company. Now they make all sorts of creamed honeys, and they have a lot of them. I would definitely check out guys their website. Like seriously, like no, no fucking joke. The Heritage Bee Company. I, I actually bought some of their stuff because, you know, they let me try it and I was walking by and they've got like, they had like a pumpkin spice honey. And I was like, oh, was, you know, like, would you like to try any? I was like, I would, I would absolutely love to try the, the pumpkin spice. So I tried it and it was good. It was, it was like a really nice honey. It's all, all real, right? It's not like a bunch of synthetic shit, but it was real honey. And, and, and it tasted like a nice pumpkin spice and they had like a cinnamon one and a vanilla one. And like, I, like they had a big stand. There were several different kinds, but then I saw that they had like some, some more unique ones. Like they had a ginger honey, honey infused with ginger. Then they had a, a honey with turmeric infused in it. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, well, and like, there's a, they're like, there's also black pepper in it because a lot of people don't know that, you know, you need pepper to kind of activate the turmeric to do its, its beneficial properties. So I was like, oh, really? Okay, yeah. So they, they want to try it. I was like, sure. And I was like, I don't know. I taste it. I was like, I can taste the turmeric. I can taste that. I'm like, I don't know what I'd use this. And they're like, they're like tea. It's a great thing to put in tea. Like if you're trying to give yourself a little boost, you know what I mean? You get the sweetener, you get the effects of the turmeric. Like, and I was like, sure. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. They had had ones with lemon infused in it. They had, like I said, ones with ginger. They even had one with lavender infused. And I was like, oh, what's that? And they're like, you know, like put it in a regular tea and it's going to taste like a London fog. And I was like, yo, let's go with the London fog. London fog is my jam right now. So I was like, that's, that's wicked. So 
got to chatting with them, ended up picking up four of them from them. So I actually went with the ginger, triple lemon, lavender, and the turmeric. And I've been super impressed with these, you guys. I, I've really, like I said, I, I tasted a lot of them there and I've only opened up the turmeric. I'm not banging through honey all the time, but I've enjoyed the turmeric. And on the next episode, I'll tell you why. But I was, I was chatting with them and they were just so like, what do you do? Blah, 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 this and that. And I ended up telling them about, you know, how I just, I just did a, a hot sauce tour. Cause I brought some of the hot sauce and I offered to, to, to give them some in trade or whatever. And turns out that they know like one of the people that, that manages Ed Sheeran's tour. So I was like, fuck of all the people in this building, you're the only ones who know what tingly Ted's is. And they're like, yeah, we heard of it. Like we knew he had a hot sauce or whatever. Cause this per that person works directly with Sheeran for like his music shit, not for this hot sauce. <laughs> The slurps are getting better as we go. So I was like, okay, that's, that's cool. I'm, uh, I'm jazzed to, I'm fucking jazzed to, to meet you and, and chat with you, but they were great people. And, and I was like, I, you know, I, I guess I'm, I find all sorts of stuff fascinating. So during this weekend, I, I was just chatting with more and more people and, you know, like I'd give them my card and the only cards I had on me were my podcast card. They'll give a podcast and, yeah, and they're like, they're like, oh, we love podcasts, this, that, and the other. And then I'd be like, well, did you, you know, if I'm in your area sometime, you want to, you want to sit down and maybe we can shoot the shit. You can tell my listeners and I about fucking how to make honey and what inspired you to make, you know, goofy witchcraft hockey, hockey honeys. So I just, I know a lot of people were like, that's cool. I, it, it was fun to shoot the shit with them and <laughs> It was fun to shoot the shit with them and, and like try all this cool stuff. I really do like these events because you get to see all sorts of products you didn't know existed, meet new people and sort of talk to them about their stuff and their story. And then find out that like, Hey, we both know the same people and, and, and stuff like that. What are the odds you're from outside of Toronto and I'm from right in Ottawa. So I'll tell you two more, two more groups that I met. And then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll talk about my dinner with my boys and you know, I'll give you a quick little review on a movie I watched and then we'll, we'll call it a day. We're, uh, we're getting close to an hour now. Anyways, I met in, in, in Ottawa, I would say this woman is a staple. I met uh, wicked Wanda from wicked Wanda's adult emporium. So for years I've heard ads on the radio Now I haven't heard them in a long time. And even she, you know, reiterated that I'm like, yeah, I've heard the ads on, on the radio for fucking years for wicked Wanda's. And she's like, Oh, I haven't done those in so long. I'm like, yeah, but like you're a staple. I met her. And it's so like, it's an adult sex shop and I was chatting with her and she's super cool. She's, a, a, you know, an older lady, of course, but she was like, I was just saying like, listen, they're like, what are you into? And I'm like, I gotta be honest with you. And then this is going to sound lame to you guys. I'm probably, and listen, she wants to do a podcast and she's like, you know, I'm kind of dirty, whatever. I'm like, listen, you bring, you come on my podcast. There's no holds barred. You can say and talk whatever you want. We get fucking weird, whatever you like. Cause I'm like, it's, it's, I, I have questions but they wouldn't be the kind of questions that like you would expect, I guess, because, so I would want to open up to you guys. Hey, what's that email address, Josh contact at one man podcast.com Dylan, no Dylan on that. Just, there's a friend of mine who's always like, what's the address again? And I'm like, and he listens, he's a good listener. He listens every fucking episode contact at one man podcast.com. So what I would do is let you guys know when I'm planning on doing the interview and open it up to you to send in questions that you would want to ask someone who runs a sex shop. You can send them in anonymously if you want. I don't have to say it's you. You can, you can let me know who I'll, I'll know who you are when you send in the email, of course, but just put in, you know, Hey, don't mention my name or whatever. Hey, cool. No problem. I'll get you those answers. You just let me know what you want to know. But for myself, I kept saying like, I'm, it's not a brag sincerely. In fact, I, I would almost feel like I wish I had some options, but 
I'm like, I've never had a trouble getting an erection. I've never had trouble finishing. I've never felt like I'm lacking stimulus during sex. So I, I don't feel like I've ever needed anything from a sex shop. And I, and I hope that comes across as the way I meant it to. It's not shaming anyone who does. And it's not suggesting like, Hey, I'm fucking perfectly far from it. I've just, I've never, like, I've never jerked off with lube. I mean, I may have done it once or twice in my life just to see if there's a difference, but like, huh, let me tell you, I've done it like that. I don't even know what percent, the condom breaks more often than I've used lube when masturbating in my life. Like that percentage is insanely low because I've jerked off a lot. All right. Today. No. So my point is I, I, I wouldn't know what to get in a sex shop. Like I don't need dildos and stuff. You know what I mean? I like, I don't know what it would, <laughs> again, it's not judgmental. I'm just like, like, what are you doing? You're fucking your woman. And then you're just like, oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Tag in the dildo here, throw her a dildo and you, you go off and fucking have a shower or something like here, finish yourself off or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know as a guy why you'd buy a dildo. Cause they're trying to like, I mean, obviously there's sales. So they like want me to be interested in something, but I'm like, I'm not, you know, you look at me and you probably think, oh, this guy's got all sorts of issues with sex. I, I don't, I don't think I do. You know what I mean? I'm not struggling to uh, like, I get where I'm going every time. I never have to stop and ask for directions. You know what I mean? So I just, I just don't ever feel like I've needed it. However, I would still love to interview someone and ask them questions and be like, what's the craziest shit you guys like? What's the number one thing you get at? Like, there's a lot of things that you would want to talk to someone who runs a sex shop. And so Wanda was wicked, wicked open to, to doing the podcast. And I would very, very much like to do that with her, the podcast that is. And yeah, so I, if you guys are interested and you have any questions, please send them and then I'll let, you know, feel free to send them immediately and I'll, I'll gather them up and get them ready for that interview. But I've even reached out since to, uh, to try to get a hold of her. And I just missed her one day at her spot. One of her employees is like, yeah, she'll be back tomorrow. So I'm going to try to, to cross paths with her again. I've got her all of her contacts, but I like, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll wander in. But at the same time, maybe that's something I should say for the podcast. Like if we, if I bring the gear and we record it, you know, at her, her store, they can show me stuff and I can laugh. I, I, I have a lot of ideas. So, and honestly, even if there was something like that we talked about in the episode and then you guys wanted me to try it or something, I, I don't know. I'm just saying like in terms of content, I'm open to exploring stuff to, to have some fun, but I, but I'm just, I'd love to ask questions, but I just don't have anything in particular that like, I feel like I need, like, I don't even have any questions that I feel would pertain to my own personal sex life. That's the thing. I just, I just don't know what to ask. So I'd ask my regular stuff that pops in my head that makes me curious, but I just don't have anything for myself. And I, I, it, with that kind of conversation, I'd love to be authentic. I'd love to be like, Hey, for myself, like I'll fucking do it. You guys know me. I'm transparent, but I just, it's just not something I've like, well, the one chick at the booth was like, Oh, you should get like a cock ring. And I'm like, why? And she's like, well, because you'll feel like, you know, it'll, it'll like, you know, it presses against your taint and shit. Like they just showed me one thing where it's like, you plug one thing in my ass and then the other thing sits in my taint. I'm like, I don't, I don't need a lot. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not struggling. So like, I don't know why, why I need to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Like I just, why spend money on something that, that I don't need help with? I don't know. I don't know. I'm excited though. I'm excited at the prospect of, uh, of having a weird conversation with somebody who's like fucking cool with it too. Right. Um, I think it could be really good. Like sometimes it's cool to have a conversation with someone, but they would never want other people to hear it. They're like, Oh, I'm comfortable talking with you. I'm like, it'd be wicked cool. You know, having a, a, you know, in a, in a podcast forum, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And finally, finally, Oh man, I had a lovely interaction at one point, uh, four lovely ladies dressed as nurses who I later found out were estheticians. 
came by and one of them was like, Hey, I know you. And I was like, all right, here we go. And now I want to say this guys, I norm, I do get recognized from time to time. And yes, it does feel good, but I get recognized like, Hey, I know you like, and I go, Oh yeah. From where? Right. And I, I, they'll be like, do you work down the street? Like at Bill's fucking auto shop? Like you, you work at the auto shop down the street. I was like, I was like, no, I don't, you know, or like, oh, like, don't you work at the the Harvey's, you know, in Orleans? And I'm like, no, some, like I usually find I'm having a hard time coming up with, with actual ones I've been told of, but I find it's always a job that I feel is like a little degrading, you know, like, it's like, I'm, it's like, it always feels like I'm the guy who's entry level, not like, Hey, aren't you like so-and-so's brother or like, Oh, I don't know. Like, do you work? Like, I never get a good job. I'm always the entry level job guy down the street from your work. And I'm often like, no. And I go, but I go, do you, do you, do you go, do you go to see stand up? You go to absolute comedy and they'll be like, oh yes. And I'm like, that's where it's from. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. Da, da. So it's, it's like, it's nice that they recognize me, but when they try to search for where it is, it's always in something that I would not be doing. So it kind of sucks. Like it's, it's nice to be remembered, but only just limited you know, Hey, I know that I know you, but these ladies first one's like, Hey, I know you. And I go, yeah. And I'm getting ready for the, what shitty job did I work at in your head? And she's like, we saw you at the comedy club. You're really funny. And I was like, thank you. Thank you. She's like, yeah, we saw you back in like May or whatever it was. Like she saw me in the spring, obviously didn't know exactly what I was like, Yeah. We saw you in the spring. You were really funny. In fact, I think that you were the best one on the show. And I was like, thank you. I go, it's very kind of, I really appreciate not only did you not, I told them what I just told you guys. I'm like, I always get remembered as some other guy from some shitty job. So I go, thank you very much truly for remembering that I was a comedian that I, you know, I go, I don't need to be the best on the show or anything, but I go, I just appreciate the fact that a, you remembered me, B, you remembered instantly where you saw me and that that made enough of an impact that five months later, you know, you still know who I am. So thank you. And they'd all seen me. They were all, they're, you know, they apparently they go work party or whatever. So they have, they were chatting with me. Very sweet, very kind. And then they're like, Hey, you know, you know, I, I don't know how it came up, but they're like, they're like, do you do your eyebrows? And I was like, no. And they're like, yeah, you should come and get like, like an, like, I don't even know what they called it. Cause I'm a guy and I'm an idiot. And I wasn't listening, but something for the eyebrows where they like, I guess they shape, not shape them. I guess I don't know. They, they don't know. The thing was, they were like, you need to do this and that for your eyebrows because it'll make your face more expressive. And so I'm like, all right. They're like, it's free. Come, for, come, we'll do it. We can try it out. I was like, whatever. I'm being nice. But I was by myself on Saturday. I had Steph, my friend Steph with me on uh, Sunday. And so I'm like, I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow, guys. When, when I have, you know, someone here to replace me. I'm like, yeah, no problem. So I did it on Sunday and they, what did they do? They, they, they waxed some of my eyebrows and then they like darkened them, but like everything, the way they were doing it was like, like, they're like, oh, it's, it's not taking or whatever. And I was like, yeah, no shit. Like I'm always difficult. I'm always difficult. So like, anyways, they really had to like, t- t- what do you call it? Dye my eyebrows. They waxed them, which hurt by the way. I don't think I've ever had anything waxed, especially not hot wax on my fucking face ripped off, but it hurt. <laughs> Didn't scream out or anything, but it hurt. And they darkened them or whatever. And then I saw myself afterwards. I was like, I'm immediately uncomfortable. This does not look like me. Uh, I cannot wait for my eyebrows to, to be normal again, truthfully. But I will put on Instagram. In fact, give me one second. I'm just going to pause so I can make a note here so I remember to do it. Anyways, I'll add. Uh, I think they just sent me another email. 
Yeah, I think I literally just got an email from them as we speak in Sprechen Sie Deutsch. It's just a regular mailing list thing. So yeah, I'll put the before and after pictures on Instagram so you can see what I looked like when I was laying down. And then I think I put two of them after, well, like immediately afterwards and then one like later in the day, but don't like it. Don't like it. And then they're like, they're like, you have mild rosacea. And I was like, they're like, yeah, you should like treat that. Da, da, da. And I was like, yo, can I not hate myself? Would it be okay if I didn't have to hate myself? Well, I don't hate myself. I don't, I don't. There's days I don't like me, but I'm like, they're like, yeah, you should do, you know, you should do rosacea. Like, don't you want to have this, that, and the other? And I was like, I just don't need, I don't need that. You know, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to all of a sudden I got like a $300 a month fucking regime. And I go, they're like, yeah, but you can like make your eyebrows like this, then your face. I'm like, I'm like, I was patting my stomach. I'm like, I think I have bigger problems than like a couple lines in my face and some redness in my cheeks. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't have an issue. I'm okay with me, you know? And I go, and the biggest problem is I go, if you guys want me to have a problem with myself, you guys need to stop fucking us. Like ladies, you're so good to us, you know, take an ugly dude and you'll fuck him. You know, and then he's like, I don't need to be better. Whereas guys are generally, generally, generally not even a lot of us pieces of garbage, very vain. So you have to do 6,000 pounds of, of work to yourselves, not weight wise, but just like the amount of fucking makeup and this and rip that out and wax this and bleach that. It's like, Jesus Christ, you know, you're ask a guy before you walk in there, right? You work a shitty job where you're, you know. I don't want to say in theory, cause it's not, but it is, it is you know, whatever you're making less than a guy quote unquote. And you know, you're getting shitty pickup lines all week and take all that hard earned money. And then you're going to go put it into trying to look good for some fucking cave monkey. Who's probably got skid marks in his underwear. Just before you go into the place, be like, Hey man, you know, I'm going to go in, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that done. Da, da, da. Like, would you have sex with me if I didn't do all those things? And the guy would be like, yes. Absolutely. As he's scratching his testicles, he would respond with that answer. And so save your hard-earned money and find the dude. I don't know. Maybe so we've all, I mean, I'm trying to make it funny, but at the end of the day, like we've all got our things we don't like about ourselves, but you'll never be satisfied. You'll just keep, you just be paying, can't, Jesus, you'll just keep paying to change things. Cut this, suck that, inject this, wax that, bleach this, lift that, tuck that, like just enough. Enough. Perfection is the enemy of good. And ladies, you're already good enough. So no need to do all that stuff. And if you're ever in doubt, ask a mildly attractive guy if he would have sex with you in your current state. Or or if you really have the confidence, which I doubt you do if you're going to do a bunch of surgery. But if you have the confidence to say like, hey, not like you find me attractive, would you potentially shack up with me? And, and learn who I am as a person in my current state, because I got to say like the more you fucking like those Instagram accounts where it's just like a constant reaching up shot down at like the duck face with the fucking big tits. It's like, that's not a personality. You know what I mean? Like I, like I can't, I can't live with the big tits and the fucking injected lips. That's not something I want to be around all the time. If you want to date Leonardo DiCaprio for a night, then go for it, but you're not going to make your way in the world this, I really hope this is not coming across as misogynistic. I don't mean for it to be. I'm just saying like, like I'm trying to say, ladies, you're good enough without all this stuff. And at the same time, promote a fucking aesthetic place. I'm terrible at what I do. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Hey, these, these girls were great. They do all these. And I'm literally like, you don't need anything that they give. I don't need anything that they give, or at least I don't feel like I needed that. But 
You know, every day I just wake up with a simple model. Josh, don't let strangers do anything to your, don't let strangers fuck with your face, basically. And, uh, and I failed on Sunday. I let strangers fuck with my face, but my eyebrows will grow back. They will lighten. They will, they will turn back into me. And that's, you know, that's a thing, but sweethearts, they're going to be coming to my show in November at absolute comedy in Ottawa. So a big shout out to Sophia, Gina, and my future wife, Bianca, even though she doesn't know it yet. And she's already engaged. I feel really bad for her, for her fiance. And then the one name I did not get was the lady who was kind enough to recognize me. So shout out to the blonde who recognized me, but all the, all the ladies that at the place were great. I'm very grateful for, they were sweet. They were nice. They were kind. And, and I get it. It's an industry. It's just not something like, I don't feel like I need to start feeling bad about myself. Plus I'll be dead in like no time. I'm just going to, I'm going to barely cross the finish line with like being like, you know what? I think I'm good with who I am. Let's start this adventure. And then I'm going to fucking croak, right? Should I should have been happy with 20 some odd years ago. I'm oh man, am I ever late to the party emotionally? Right. So that was, that was my time at the, yeah, they're sorry. And they're from, they're from Sophia aesthetics. So if you want to, you know, anything in the area, tell them, Josh, the one man podcast sent you, and I promise you they'll take good care of you. But that was my, you know, at least, at least the, 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 the Coles notes, but quite well um, of my, of my time at the women's show. Great things there. There were some guys who had like a, like a curry station. Fuck. They made it butter chicken and tiki masala. So goddamn good. Wish I could remember it. Probably best that I don't. Otherwise I'd be there like every two days, but they were delicious. Absolutely delicious. They have a restaurant and they do catering. I had buddy, I had buddy, I had, I had dinner with my pals, Jimmy and Mika. We went to a place called the Mandarin, which is, I don't know how big of a chain it is, but I, but it's buffet, Chinese buffet or Asian buffet. And we were celebrating their 40th. So Mika turned 40 in July when I was on tour with Ed Sheeran. I did call him on his birthday. We were actually setting up in uh, Detroit that day, but I gave him a call and I was able to wish him a happy birthday. And then Jimmy turns 40 on the 30th of October. So we, we, I was kind of like, Hey, we should, we should do something that incorporates everybody. I can, I can kind of like, you know, I'll take you guys out for dinner to celebrate your 40s. They took me out, you know, back in January for my birthday. I'm very grateful for that. So I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to fucking miss your guys' birthdays. Went out to the Mandarin. It was a nice night. We just kind of shot the shit a little bit. I kind of let them know where I was at in my relationship and everything like that. And they were like, okay, you know, they're just, as always my, my good buddy supportive. These, these two motherfuckers, they knew me pre stand up comedy, which is always something that I value because the, the, I guess not necessarily pessimist, but the, the below average realist always wonders if the people who meet me you know, later after stand up or, or ever really interested in meeting the real me, or if it's just that they're like, Hey, he's a comedian. He's funny. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just skeptical, the skeptic in me. And so I, I really do value all my relationships. The people who knew me and loved me and cared about me and valued me before I did anything that, you know, could make them feel like, Oh, this is, this guy's going. So like, it's just, even though people don't like, I'm not saying I, I have anything to offer. I'm just saying that a lot of people think you do when they see that you're in the entertainment business or whatever. And and I just, I really value the people that, that whether I'm a comic or not, or whatever it is, they just, they just love me for me. That means a lot to me. And I, I'm very grateful for that. So we, we didn't talk about, you know, we didn't talk about a whole hell of a lot, you know, a deep shit or whatever. We just, we enjoyed our meal. We got to be together. Everybody's got families and kids and stuff. Now it's harder and harder to get together, but I, I had a good time you know? And, and then I got home. I think it was like, we, we had dinner at like six 30, got home for like eight 30. And then like three hours later, I was fucking hungry again. Like, like the, 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 ch like I didn't go crazy. I didn't eat as much as I thought I would honestly. So I found myself, I got quite full, quite, quite quick, but I did order pizza at probably like 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock. Well, I probably ordered at 10 and then got it like 1130 because DoorDash sucks around here. Same with Uber Eats. I don't know which one I used, but 
yeah, it was <laughs> hungry again later. And I don't think I'd eaten the whole day because I'm like, oh, I'm going to buffet tonight. Well, that did not work. So I, I had a good time with the boys. Really did. Not much to share. I don't want to just, again, we're well over an hour, but it was a good time. I also had a good chat with my boss at Founders Original post, post show. And uh, it turns out that they're looking to do more events in the Ottawa area. They've asked that, you know, I, I be the Ottawa rep, even talked about maybe making me one of the, the reps in terms of like bars and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm super jazzed that they like me, that they want to keep me on the team, that they're looking for more opportunities to, to work with me. That's always a good thing. It never hurts to have more companies that, that want to work with you and, and do stuff. So nothing but love to the people at Founders, Jenny and Monica, should they ever come across this, love them, love them, love them, love them, love them. Great, great gals, great company to work for. And it, and it really helps when the product's great too. And then lastly, but not leastly. I watched Old Dads, came out on Netflix, came out on same day as, as Spider-Man. So it was really hard to decide what I was going to do with my time. But Old Dads is a movie written by uh, Bill Burr, I believe someone else. But it was directed by Bill Burr, Bill Burr's directorial debut. And now it's the reason Bill Burr wrote this this movie, I, I imagine based on the, the information given to me, is he's always referring to himself as an old dad. I believe he had his first daughter, Lola, at like 52 or 53. And then he had his second kid a couple of years later. So he's an old dad. He's in his 50s. He even talked in his other specials about not wanting to have a kid too, you know, too late because like, you know, that old dad. So old dads is a thing for Bill. And the premise of the movie is three dudes who were old dads. However, in the movie... I would say that the premise from it being old dads shifts relatively quickly to more of just being an old guy, like old guys in the movie. They just happen to be. So there's a couple scenes where you're like, yeah, this is an old dad thing, but really a lot of it is I'm an old guy and the world is different than it once was because these are three guys who owned a business. They sold it. Now they work for the guy. Like now they work for the company that bought it. And they're working for a young millennial who's got all this verbiage. So like really the movie, like you could have actually taken the kids out of the movie and had an almost identical movie. Like there's some parts where he's dealing with the kid's teacher, but it's more of like how that the teachers talk, you know, how people talk these days and being an older person where it's like, why can't you just be honest and transparent and, and say what you're saying? So not to shit on it, but I would just say that the premise of everything being an old dad thing, I don't think is... Like it, it, it quick. Like I don't know. There's a lot of movies where it's like, here's our premise, but they move away from the premise very quickly. Just be funny. Is the funny movie funny? Yes. Do they do they do a good job of of pulling that anger and frustration out of you when you see these scenes where someone's just refusing to like? I won't ruin anything for you. Watch. It's on Netflix. Old Dads. Bill Burr wrote and directorial debut and stars in it. I also love that Bill took an opportunity to put shitloads of comics in it. There's a lot of stand-up comics in the movie. My buddy Paul Verzi, who there's an episode with, Verzi's in the movie. Joe Bartnick is in the movie, right? We've got a, a one-man podcast episode with Joe. My friend Steph Tolov, who I love very, very much, who has fucking hysterical Instagram videos. Steph Tolov's in it. They did a really cool mural uh, shot of Brody Stevens, who passed a few years ago. An honor to him, Natasha Legero who's a great fucking comic. I met her at the comedy store. She's way shorter. She's way shorter than you would think. Way shorter. But that, that shouldn't matter. I'm just, I was surprised. Natasha walked past me and was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, hey, not bad. And then I and then walked away. I thought this like kid walked by me. And then I was like, I was like, Natasha? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, you're fucking incredible. Blah, blah, blah. And I, but I was, I, was, I, was, I was flabbergasted at how short she was. I don't know why that's pertinent. It's not. I'm sorry. Delete. No, I'm not. 
But yeah, so Natasha Legero was in it. I'm trying to think. There's some other comics too whose names I don't know, but I recognize them. So it was really cool that like Bill was was giving you know comics screen credits and things like that. I loved it. I loved it. He's, he seems to be a good dude. Like he's very private and he's very like I've met Bill on a few occasions and you can tell like he doesn't really love engaging with people he doesn't know. He's he'll be cordial, but it's really like it's it's on his terms for sure. But he's the people that he loves and, and he cares about. He, he keeps them close and he takes good care of them. So super, super cool to see those guys in the flick. It's, it's a decent enough watch. Brooklyn watched it, really enjoyed it. And I was, I was glad to have watched it, you know? So if you're just looking for something to throw on, have some laughs, I recommend watching old dads on Netflix. And with that, I have reached the end of this episode, at least the stuff that I have to tell you about my week. Coming up, just a few things to plug, guys. I will be hosting at Absolute Comedy in Ottawa, November 14th through the 19th, and then on the Monday, the 20th at Moose McGuire's in Orleans. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to get tickets for that. Of course, I will be hosting and then headlining at Absolute Comedy Toronto, January 2nd through 7th. And then, so that's hosting the 2nd through the 7th, and then I'm headlining the 9th through the 14th. So also absolutecomedy.ca to get tickets, or you can call them, you know, to book, whatever it is. But uh, I look forward to being back on stage doing the standing of up. And coming up this week, I'm doing some training for a Santa Claus gig I have coming up at Rio Center. No, I will not be playing Santa Claus. Thank you for not asking. And then I'm doing a Canadian Tire gig coming up too. So, you know, it's just another week of stuff going on. Who knows? Other things may happen, as is the case with most weeks. But I I appreciate you guys listening. Remember, if you want to send any questions in or anything you want me to do, you send it to contact at one and I will read on the air. That's what I do. I appreciate the engagement. So if you guys want to send me something, I will happily read it and do my best to oblige whatever your requests are that come to me in email form. Thanks so much, gang. I appreciate you guys listening and I look forward to chatting with you again soon.
never want another girl like you.